Hello to those of you who are tuning in for our Impact the World shows in this, the month of April. Because of everything that's been going on with the coronavirus and the fact that so many of us are quarantined at home, we've slightly changed our programming for this month. Most of our episodes are filmed many months ahead. And so what we've done for this month is curated special episodes that feel like they might be most relevant or pertinent to you while you're at home deepening your education, looking for entertainment, or perhaps needing to be inspired with what it is that you're going to do in the world. So stay tuned for this show that we have specially curated for you. We hope you really enjoy it. And thanks so much for tuning in. And hey, if you really enjoy the show, please do go to Apple Podcasts and give us a rating or a review. That kind of thing allows other people to find the show. So if you are enjoying what you're hearing or watching, we'd really appreciate a review. Big love. Welcome to Impact the World, the show for and about creatives, change makers, and entrepreneurs. This is a conversation episode where a special guest shares with me what they are creating and the behind the scenes journey of their experience. My guest today is Zeus Yamayanis, who has an amazing creation, which is this book here, The Spiritually Confident Man. And the subheading is Pioneering a New Frontier of Co-Creative Masculinity. Mm -hmm. Now, Zeus, you and I only met in the last couple of days, even though we've been in contact for a year or so. Right. Um, you sent me this book a while ago. I am quite blown away how immediately it started activating me as I was reading some of these sentences because, first of all, I think the title is brilliant. Just the title alone, The Spiritually Confident Man, I'm like, wow, I've not really heard of that out there or seen that out there. But then as I was reading the first few chapters, there were so many sentences and concepts that were making me go, oh, things that I, I, I think I felt mm -hmm. but had never heard articulated before. Right. And my feeling for me with the book is it's giving me a, a brand new framework at which to look at where I can evolve. And so thank you for creating well, this. Well, thank you. I mean, that's a high praise from you. I mean, you're a very energetically sensitive person and if it's activating you, I feel very good about that. <laughs> and also, I, when you said about creating a framework, that's exactly what I was trying to do. Some people have told me, you're saying the thing that I was kind of thinking in the back of my mind, but I didn't have words to put to it. So if it's doing that for you, I'm, I'm feeling very good about that as well. And I'm, hope, I'm hoping it's doing that for others. I know it's a little bit of ahead of its time, but it is beginning to set the table or set the framework. And I'm very happy about that. I love that you say it's ahead of its time. And you mentioned that to me yesterday. And, yeah. and just a kind of sidebar, when I met you yesterday, yeah. I remember we'd been together for a while and I said to you, you have an electric brain. <laughs> and it, it's great. No, it's lovely being in your presence yeah. because I can feel your electric brain and yeah. it makes so much sense of how you were able to map this out for us. Right. Um, but, but the book being ahead of its time is very true. Mm -hmm. um, as I was reading it, I, I, I was aware, because it only came out last year. Right. But I, I feel like not only is it a book that's going to have increasing importance over the years to come, but I also get the blueprint you've created for the work that you are doing and going to be doing. Right. And it's work that we need. Because mm -hmm. if I can just quote from the back of the book, a different age calls for a different man. 
Mm -hmm. um, and then there was a line in the book that I think you, you, that really encapsulates it. There is no easy place for a man in today's world. Right. Powerful words. What do you mean by that? Well, we're kind of caught in that in-between place. You know, on the tennis court, it's called no man's land. Um, and that's kind of where we are his <clears throat> historically as men. Um, the old John Wayne-ish kind of patriarchal man that called the shots and uh, faked it till he, he made it and, <laughs> yeah. and was given a lot of, uh, I guess you would say, props and bonuses and, and legs up, is largely being either equal, e e equalized or being taken away to a certain degree. And I think this is actually a gift for men. There's a lot of reaction to that. In fact, in this book, I talk about two kinds of men, the animal man and the social man. The animal man being all angry about this move to equalize things, and the social man trying to be maybe overly solicitous and saying, oh, well, yeah, I just got to adapt. Well, neither one of those are ultimately going to work. They're, they're kind of functional mid-range strategies that are going to lose their ability to actually face the world that's emerging. What you need is a creative man a co-creative man, and that's going, to be, look, that's going to look a lot different. It's going to both require me to have a masculinity that is vivified, right? It's not going to be the watering down yeah. kind of masculinity, but one that is also extraordinarily honoring and respectful and excited and curious yeah. about engaging the feminine or engaging gay men or, you know, or being able to stand up in the face of war and finding much more productive, much more constructive and more life-affirming ways to find purpose and meaning and excitement in your life. Well, you bring up the animal man, the social man, and, and early in the book, chapter two, you break down the, the, these kind of three types, animal man, social man, co-creative man. Right. Um, you've touched on co-creative a little bit there. What would you, what would you just say in, in, a, in a line or two epitomizes each of those types for people who are new to this concept? Well, so. well the, the, the animal man is where desire and force comes from. And we should still retain that. Mm but directed in a different way. So the animal man is, is sort of that visceral, is a visceral man, the one that has desire, the one that has magnetism and charisma, right? Uh, oftentimes that can be abused, mm. but it doesn't have to be. And we don't have to say, well, that's just in a primitive form, we're gonna leave it behind. I think we should bring it forward, but in a much more progressive way. The social man is that one that is about caring and belonging, a guy who can, fold his arms around family and around community, not just in terms of protecting, but in terms of nurturing and, and being able to step up and engage in childcare. And a lot of these things men have been invited to do in the last few decades. And the co-creative man takes the energy of that too, the belonging and the care married with the desire and that for, almost Kundalini force and says, okay, now what can we do with this? How can we emphasize connection? The co-creative man is a connected man that needs at least two things, most importantly two things. One is what I call divine genius, which is a, like a vitalization and a recognition of this expressive creative force that's unique to me, that is involved in my passions, so I can access that animal man part, but now at a higher, more evolved level. Yeah. And that caring and that ability to connect and sort of bring that forward and to, and to embrace that, that divine genius of others and bring them together mm. in an honest, curious, humorous, adventurous way. And then that's what co-creative man is. 
You know, in, in the book, I talk about this because a lot of men are going through this, the three types of co-created men. One was the despairing man. Because a lot of times, because we are in this no man's land area, men are like, what purpose do I have anymore? And especially when they age, they're like, I'm no longer vital. The old notions of manhood are now going away and I'm now, and I'm not supporting my family, they're moved on. My, my physical vitality is falling off a little bit. What is there? And I say in this book, when you age as a man, now is your time. The co-creative man realizes that the emergence of the spiritual is coming out as these other things are falling away, as your ego is, <laughs> as your ego is beginning to, to, to diminish its force or leadership in your life. Now the spiritual aspect of you is coming forward. So initially that may feel like despair because a lot of these things have been taken away from you. But instead of reacting or backlashing, as some men are doing, you move into a searching mode. And that's sort of the transitional mode, the searching man. Okay, what am I? I'm curious. I don't know exactly, but I feel this vitality. And I feel this desire to share and explore. And then that leads into spiritual confidence. Because when you do that, then all of a sudden that awakens and allows this spirit to travel up the spine into the heart and out into the world. And we don't have, that's why it's a little ahead of the time. We don't have a lot of models for that out there right now for men. You're providing some of them. Some other people that are, you know, sort of on the cutting edge of metaphysics are providing some of them. I'm trying to provide some blueprints, as you say, in this book. But we're just on the cusp of that. And it's very exciting. It's like a startup. Yeah. But it's a very creative, very social startup. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting because when I, when I was reading um, the, 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 the terms animal man, social man, co-creative man, I had a very interesting reaction. Mm -hmm. I was reading them and I had a judgmental voice in my own head mm. say to me, oh, you need to be more of an animal man. Mm -hmm. and, I, and, and what it revealed to me when I noticed that thought right. uh, was, was kind of like, okay, so there's two that I can identify that are fairly active in my life or are perhaps right. bigger than this one. And that goes right back to the playground, right. what a man should be. Right. Um, and interestingly, what I thought was, I thought, well, actually, you have been really very physical in the last couple of years. You've made a dedicated, but there is still that stigma as a man right. of what you should be, who you should be. And there's such a lack of guidance and leadership. So that's why the right. book is so powerful if you are a man reading it, because <laughs> you're reading it and your own stuff gets revealed to you and shown to you. So it's very healing. Right. Right, and the part of that that can be very healing and, and now is being opened for you is, I don't have to attach the forms that society has given to the animal man mm. to my expression of that Kundalini energy. Mm. I can have my own unique engagement with it. Whereas before you've been sort of propagandized to believe, oh, being an animal man's mean acting like this or having these roles. Within this book, you say, no, animal man is an energy that I can creatively engage and express in very powerful, forceful ways, but in ways that aren't just stereotypically patriarchal or stereotypically sort of like, you know, I'm not gonna listen to anyone, I'm just gonna do what I'm gonna do kind of thing. Yeah. So, I mean, that, I, I'm glad it's awakening that. I think that that's gonna be very powerful for all of us as men. Yeah. What I love too is, I've had this conversation for years, so, you know, I've worked leading uh, self-growth and metaphysics workshops right. for 15 years. I've attended them for 20 plus, mm -hmm. and there is this constant conversation of why aren't women at more, why aren't men at more of these events? Right. And the, the people that I see out there, like say Tony Robbins, right. who has a kind of, um, perhaps a bit more of a business and an externalized success focus 
within his self-growth work, he right. attracts more men. Right. Um, or if you see a, a much more physical, this right. is a men's warrior week and we're right. all going to be, you'll see men going towards that. So it just, for me, backs up that actually, as men, we have all been discouraged right. from the co-creative and mm -hmm. on often the social side, even if we are naturally that way, mm -hmm. there is a fear that you will be seen as weak or uh, mm -hmm. that you won't be seen as man enough, which is instilled in us at such an early age. It is, and here's the secret. Being creative is the most forceful, amazing way to exert and express your masculinity. It's the most forceful and creative way spiritually to express any identity. Now it's going to be put through the lens of masculinity and your lens of your family, ethnicity and other kinds of things. And I always think of those as spice. I think of this as enhancing that expression and making it very interesting to engage someone who's different than I am. Yeah. But the fact is, and creativity has been in a patriarchal society considered a feminine attribute and it's been considered fairly weak or docile or very subtle. Creativity does not have to be subtle. It can be very, very overt. It can be very, very powerful. It can be very interesting, exciting, adventurous. You know, and I think that that lack of imagination, unfortunately, has filtered into the way men have been raised from a very early age, so that we separated those two out. We don't have to separate them out. We can bring them right back together again. Yeah. And it'll be very interesting to see the forms of that kind of adventurous kind of creativity as it begins to emerge, as men begin to free themselves up a little from, from those really kind of calcified norms. Yeah, and it's interesting because I think so often sports and team sports mm -hmm. are a way that men can kind of express their animal side safely mm -hmm. or whether they are spectators, but creativity is so often lacking. And it's funny the way you describe it. Um, whenever I'm like in a furious creative mode, right. things around me get messy. Right. And then I tidy it up at right. the end, but it, it's true. It's a, it's a big energy. It's, it's yeah. Kundalini that's coming through you when you're, right. when you're you know, using your vehicle to bring things into the world and birth them. Certainly, yeah. certainly. And if we could just recognize that as men, it would just that small thing would do a lot to free up us and women too, and especially relationships between men and women to say, to, to say, as a man, I'm embracing my creativity and therefore embracing my manhood at its highest and most basic level. Yeah. And, and, and the creative act itself has so many demands on it yeah. that it really is a real man who faces the creative act. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, you ask someone to be emotionally vulnerable like you have to be when you're creative. You ask someone to really put themselves out there and be ahead of your time. Um, is that braver? or more courageous, or just kind of climbing up the corporate ladder. I mean, just, you know, I'm not gonna make the judgment here. I mean, I would just say, you have your audience compare those two. Just, just close your eyes, put those two possibilities in either hand and see which one requires more of that kind of courage, requires more of that kind of vital force. Hmm. And I think, you know, it'll be pretty consistent. I, I'm not gonna offer my own opinion on that, but I think right. it's pretty obvious. Yeah. yeah. One of the things that I like in the book is, and, and again, even the title is new to me, The Spiritually Confident Man. I mean, we often say, oh, I'm spiritual, mm -hmm. but we don't talk about spiritual confidence. And right. you have this whole section about having a spiritually confident commitment to yourself. Right. And, you know, I'm reading directly from the book here. The spiritually confident man knows that strict independence can only be an illusion. Mm -hmm. So before we go into the confidence commitment a bit right. more, 
something really struck me. You said that giving and receiving and community are vitally important to be a new man. And it's right. funny because when I channel and when I teach, right. community and creativity mm. and the ability to receive as well as give are things that myself and the people I teach have been encouraged to foster. Right. So what would you say has been one or one of the big lessons for you around strict independence being an illusion or losing through strict independence versus gaining through interdependence right i'm i one of my greatest and i and i do talk about him in my book uh teachers is my son and what i notice is when i'm learning the most about what it means to be a man especially when i'm in a father relationship it's not when I'm trying to teach him how to be ruggedly independent and, you know, don't cry. And I've done that. I mean, I'm like any other person. <laughs> I've fallen back into those old norms. He once, he brought it up to me because I, I had basically said, you, you lack the courage. He bumped his elbow on a, on a water slide. It was one of these really kind of dramatic water slides. And I was trying to encourage him to get back up into the saddle. And then I was disappointed when he said he would, but he didn't. And he, and he, and he brought it up to me. He said, you know, Dad, that's you know, I'm still a person here, you know, that my, basically, he's only 10, he's basically saying, my, my self-worth shouldn't depend on whether or not I do what you say. And that's when I began to realize that not only are we interdependent, this is a developmental thing where we're learning from each other. And it was a powerful reminder for me, and he did that again when he said, Dad, when you yell, it makes, it scares me. You know, just things like that show me I cannot have, I could not possibly have learned that through any kind of individual, even spiritual technique. Yeah. I needed that interaction with him. I was interdependent with him to learn these really important lessons that neither I'd missed as a child or never was exposed to. And I needed an open frame of mind and a receptive capacity, a receptive and a giving capacity to allow that flow of learning and development of my own masculinity to happen. So that was the... There's, it's things like that, and stories like that, and examples like that, that help not just theoretically, but in real concrete terms, show you that interdependence is the law. You cannot learn anything. You cannot strengthen yourself without inter interdependence. I do say in the book that the notion of independence, that is being you know, financially independent or declaration of independence, is still a useful term, mm. but it's not the underlying reality, mm -mm. and it's not how we advance and develop. It's through interdependence. Yeah. You give a really fantastic example that I found very meaningful in the book, and I would like to just read it and then discuss with you. So you say, I found myself learning a searching man lesson when I served as a math tutor for a college student who had been in recovery from a six-week coma suffered after a car accident. She had gotten a D minus on her first midterm. After doing my diagnostics, I determined it was the university's teaching disabilities rather than a slow healing brain that were causing the problems. Under my tutelage, she received a B plus on her next midterm exam and an A minus on her third. I was all set to help her with a compre comprehensive review for the final exam when she phoned me to say she didn't need me for that review. Mm. She felt confident that she knew her stuff. My first reaction was one of betrayal. How could she leave me when I had helped her so much? As my pride receded and the searching man won out, however, I had a different insight. Of course, this is what I want. 
Others shouldn't be taught to depend upon me. They should use my help to make themselves more capable, self-sufficient, and able to contribute. So I love the honesty of this example because yeah. I think we all recognize ourselves in right. this. You know, that little moment where you go, mm. and you're like, oh, right. that doesn't feel so good, or this right. is a less evolved. I mean, that's very moving to me, that, that part of the book. And It's one of my favorite examples, one of my favorite parts of the mm. book, so we're really resonating on this. And it was one of the most powerful examples in my life. And what you see in there is two forms of worth for the man, okay? One in which someone depends on you, ironically, because you're supposed to be so independent and not want people <laughs> to depend on you. So, I mean, there's lots of contradictions and humor in the way that our wacky manhood has been constructed. But on the other hand, there was a notion that not being under my protectorate or under my umbrella or even under my feet, that is not the purpose of me giving myself over to someone it is to lift them up, hmm. even above me in some ways, if I can, with all of my talent, with all of my grace, with all of that energy, and to take such joy in that, rather than to have that reaction of, irk, I've been left, I've been betrayed. You're saying, no, I go with you. I go with you in all the talents and, and, and will to exceed me that I've helped to supply towards you, to not need me in that kind of needy, dependent way, but to need me in this more interdependent way, where you can now contribute much more to my life and the life of others, which gives me great joy as a man, to think that I've had a contributing factor in helping create something that pays forward, that flows outward, rather than something that is, stays contained mm -hmm. and under my control. Yeah. And that is a kind of a, it's a leery step. If you're almost thinking of it in physical terms, you're stepping out into the air. You don't, you don't know what's going to go, you know? It's like, well, do I stay on solid concrete, you know, behind the barrier, nice contained, or do I take this new step? Again, which is more courageous, which is more creative, that the one of stepping out. But it's not super easy to do, and you have to be honest, emotionally honest with it, yeah. you know? And I, that was it. I was, at first, and this is where the political correctness comes in, and the social man comes in and says, oh, you shouldn't think those thoughts. You know, that's, that's betrayal and, you know, you know that's, that's, that was, that's not a very complimentary thought or a feeling to have. And I say, no, get your, your animal man cojones together and say, yes, I do think these thoughts. Be yeah. honest, bring it out there, and then begin to see how it can teach you rather than simply just sit with it and be stubborn and just hold on to it. That's the difference. You don't, it's not you don't have to have these thoughts. It's great to be emotionally honest have them express them, admit them, but don't simply be restricted by them. Move beyond them. Oh, hallelujah, because that is the place where I see so many people get stuck, and it's the place I have had to learn the hardest not mm. to let myself get stuck, because right. we have these thoughts, we mm. have things move through us, and as we heal, and as we grow, and as the whole collective that we live in grows, these right. things are going to move in all of us. But if right. you can have that witness that witnesses the thought and has enough awareness around it for you to make a change. It's fantastic. Right. right. And this is part of people trusting themselves. Like when you do the Z's and you are, you're channeling and when you're using your emotional intelligence to help people gain confidence in theirs, there's those, those help from the outside. Mm -hmm. But they're really all trying to help us develop this ability from the inside too. They're having that perspective. Higher right. beings and so forth are having that perspective to allow us to elevate and to be more giving and sharing and more spiritually confident. 
and then using these lens like masculinity, femininity, and other things to help actually give it an extra flavor, an extra spice, an extra like vitality. And yet, so many of us, because we're threatened by that, are a little bit afraid, or are going the opposite direction. We're, we're clamping down, we're closing down, and we don't need to. Even if you're an animal man, you don't need to. There's an adventure awaiting you. So what would the elevated animal man, social man, co-creative man right. look like? Because of course we're, we're building on our foundations. So right. if we're evolving as a society, our foundations right. are gonna be in there. It's true. I mean, I have the evolved form in each one, mm -hmm. but in some ways we're gonna be integrating those evolved forms. In the evolved form of the animal man, which is that desire, charisma, so it's what I call the responsible man. It's a man who can stand by his convictions, bear up under pressure, learn to you know, sacrifice, serve, provide and protect, and be a man in that kind of traditional way. And that, that still serves today. Mm. You know, if you, if you get blown away by any wind, that's not going to help you or anyone around you in an interdependent or co-creative sense either. And desire is good. Desire moves everything. A lot of times I say force is a such a force and effort. You know, I have my, my three Fs, okay? I have force, which is the animal man, right? Flow, which is the social man, and fusion which is the co-creative man, okay? And then my three E's, right? So for the animal man, it's effort, right? And then for the social man, it's ease. And then for the co-creative man, it's elevation. So what you're doing is each one of these is important. The animal man gets things moving. The social man kind of maintains things, right? Keeps things in a, in, in a way that allows things to work with others. And the co-creative man brings it forward. And that, that's an integrated man there. You don't just leave one of them behind. <laughs> you take the lessons and interdependently bring these things together to, to create a, a sense of holism, a wholeness as a man. And there, there will be plenty of adventures and experiments where you draw from all of those energies to really go forward in your own unique way that's mm -hmm. expressive of your individ, individuated spirit. And that's, I think, that's when you get really creative. Because now you've got all these tools, these paints, these elements, you know, from the animal man, the social man, the co-creative man, and you're just, it's guided. Yes, it's guided by the more evolved form, the co-creative man, but it is incorporating and bringing forward those other things. And, and presumably, you know, you talk about this, the spiritually confident commitment. Right. So if you employ a spiritually confident commitment in your life, right. this evolution can naturally occur. Can right. you break down what is the spiritually confident commitment as you explain so well in the book? Well, I tell you, I mean, even just expressing, when I say spirit, to me, spirit is like an energy, okay? So I make it really clear, this is a you know, spiritual but not religious book. There isn't a hidebound dogma or formula around it. It's that energy moving through you, chi or life force, or, you know, the, that spark. And confidence, when you combine that with confidence and then commitment, it says, I'm gonna go where this thing is taking me. I'm gonna follow it down to its roots and respect that, even when it gets scary, it dives down into the subconscious and I get all kinds of crap coming up from me, right? I'm gonna be confident enough to be with that, ask for help, bring in tools, you know, bring in metaphysical you know, workshops or whatever it happens to be, or bring in a, a men's weekend, whatever it happens to be, in there to help be with that for a while. Bring in actual other people to share those feelings with and then draw it upward and forward. That's what spiritual confidence is. It's not an intellectual idea. It's the spirit interacting with every phase of human existence, including the intellect, including the heart, in the creative activity, which is your life. And that 
you know, a lot of people say they want a good life or they want a fun life. That's going to happen if you have a creative life. Mm. It's not going to always be easy because creativity has all those hazards we talked about. Mm -hmm. they're, they're, they're quote unquote hazards. They're just uncertainties and unknowns. And, and oftentimes they will open doors to things that we hadn't paid attention to that will cause us a, at least some degree of pain or some degree of discomfort. But there's something beautiful about the process. And that's what spiritual confident commitment is. The beauty is actually stronger than the fear. The beauty and just the desire to express yourself and share yourself from this just, not only gut level, but heart level, from this really deep level. And in that, you can feel it, even when you're in pain sometimes, this sense of joy. Hmm. And that is it. That's the quote unquote payoff. And it's not, a, it's not something you have to defer. It comes in the action. So the commitment is bigger than any movement within you that is taking place, right. which, is, which, is, which is what I really got from reading that, and it was, it's fantastic. Right. I'm curious because I, when I was reading the book, I noticed my hunger for this topic, right. and I see men in workshop rooms or when I've worked with them one-on-one, -on -one, mm -hmm. we are hungry for this kind of information, ability to express ourselves. Often what I've noticed is women need to speak their truth right men need to be heard right we have a long way to go as men collectively in being heard with our vulnerability and our expression we're not anywhere near as advanced as the women are with that or the way that women hold space for each other with that right how are you finding men are responding to this book i'm finding that that uh, men are still kind of an in-between place mm. the men that are, have worked on themselves really appreciate it a lot um, other men are, are kind of like, well, okay, I, that makes sense to me. But because there isn't a community of men, and because we tend to initiate one another as men, that I think this book will really start to make sense as I develop education around it, videos around it, and maybe men's workshops around it, yeah. to embody that space and allow their own creativity to be desired in that space and to come forward. So it, what, what this is, the response has really shown me is it's, it is a little ahead of its time. It is moving energy as, as it is in you, but that it's going to require more of a scaffold and more of a, a support, holding. a holding yeah. place for it so that men can support one another and women can support men in this and so forth. But you know what's funny is we're sitting here talking and <laughs> about three times in my head, all I've heard, like up, up from above, is he's going to have a busy decade. <laughs> you really are. And, and that's great because, because, you know, no, really, yeah. this is needed. Mm. And, and like you said, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm lucky that I've spent 20 odd years in self-growth and metaphysics. So right. I read this and I'm like, oh, this is a light bulb book. And right. we don't have many of these light bulbs. We have a lot of the others. Right. Um, but I also feel like it, it, it's, it's take it one piece at a time. Right. Because the, the framework and the concept is fantastic, but right. it's actually knowing to be able to deal with the kinds of moments I had right. and talk about them. And you know, I yeah. was able to notice that for myself and because I'm used to working with my mind when I notice thoughts that feel dissonant or low right. vibration, yeah. I was able to catch it. Right. Um, so I'm curious what led you to this because huh? obviously you had a vision about this book. Right. But why do you think this book is the culmination of your life so far? And of course, there are many aspects to your right. life and what you do. Right. But I always find it fascinating why creators end up 
creating certain things. And to me, this is a landmark book for you mm -hmm. in your life. Right. Um, this is a key, uh, this is one of like your three big things in life. Right. That's my intuitive sense. Yes, you are correct. Why have you landed here when you look back at the life of Zeus? <laughs> well, if you, look, if you look at my life, I mean, I came of age during kind of a feminist era. I was born in 1965, so right in a very, the vital aspect of my development was happening, you know, I'm five to age 10 was happening between 1970 and 1965. Those were the heydays of the women's movement and feminism. And, uh, and so I was heavily influenced and pressed by the importance of that emergence of feminine energy that had been trapped. In many ways, I feel that's what we're going through in a more spiritually confident way now, that patriarchy and, and we needed feminism to show us the, the liabilities of this, the, the problems with this, they went up and when, they, when, when the, the cover came off of feminism, not only was I able to experience in an important time in my life, feminine energy and that sense of release of that energy, I was also able to see the problems because of that with the current notions of masculinity. Mm. I hadn't been so cooked where I was simply in a reactive or defensive state to that opening. I was able to actually feel from a very early age that this release of feminine energy was helping me now begin to understand the release of my own masculine energy. And it wasn't that I became a stereotypical sensitive man. I've always been a very sensitive person. I still did sports. I did rowing in college. I was you know, ranked in fencing yeah. <laughs> in college. I mean, I did a lot of these things that would be considered very masculine activities. I'm, I'm an Aries. I, I am still very Aries, yeah. you know? but what I understood was that that expression of myself as I came up through college and I engaged more women's studies courses, even, even in uh, graduate school, I, had, did four, I did enough to minor in women's studies or have a certificate in it, but in it, I was trying to find the clues toward an incipient new masculinity by mining feminism for some of the devastating effects that were completely being covered over mm. of the old masculinity on men. Men's studies began to unfold. I did begin to read that and incorporate that into my dissertation, but I was always unsatisfied with it because it still had a kind of, oh, don't do this man, or don't do that, or don't, I mean, sex, I've done sexual harassment training. I'm like, they don't have a positive interactive model. They have a only don't do this model. So I'm like, guys, we're never going to have that kind of relationship we want. Men and women aren't going to have that until we have an affirmative model, until man, man, men and masculinity isn't simply identified with patriarchy and say, you got to shut down this, this, and this. What is it that you got to open up? Yeah. I want it to be expressive. I want to have these vital relationships with women and gay men and other people in my lives. I don't want to be politically correct, you know, in that sense. I mean, politically correct, if you're going to stop saying dirty words about somebody, that's great. But it doesn't do great when it has to do with saying I have to be very restricted and very over aware of my behavior. I want to be creatively expressed. And that I didn't see anywhere. I didn't see that in the feminist literature. I didn't see that in men's studies literature. I said there has to be a spiritually based, confident, wide open, creative model of masculinity. I looked around, I looked around. It wasn't there. I said, guess I'm going to have to create one. Yeah. And that's what got it going. And it's been, it's been a while, but it's just, especially with the Me Too movement coming up and everything, I really got thrown into this because women are coming to the power. They are beginning to say no in definitive ways. And men need to learn to say yes mm. in definitive ways. Mm. And, 
And that's what, it was that yes and that joy, that incipient joy that I feel that if just men, and that rebellion, rebellion against old, outworn, unhealthy modes of masculinity that really attracted me. I'm a little bit of a contrarian in that way. I like that rebellion. Right. And it's funny, just as I got this weird image as you were talking, it makes me think of certainly in Western culture, you know how mm -hmm. if you're at a wedding or a party, yeah. the women will go on the dance floor and right. the men won't. Right. And I feel that conditioning in my body too. Sure. And the, the one thing that, that also hit me as you were talking is, sure, there are those of us in the LGBTQ community right. who are definitely changing the paradigm a little bit right. around those masculine, feminine roles. Right. But we too are immersed in that because sure. all we have learned is right. this, you know, fairly traditional masculine, feminine paradigm. So, right. so this is really important work for everybody. And I, I think women whether they read the book or whether they engage with your work that mm -hmm. stems from the book, I think women are going to find this quite enlightening for themselves because right. I've always identified quite male, female. Right. And, and I found the, the kind of feminine side of me fascinated by what I was reading too. And the interesting thing about this book is I actually recommend and help to teach around accentuating your feminine and masculine polarity. Mm. I as a way to have a more powerful interaction with someone. I do not accept at all the notion that the more feminine you become, the more distance you become from the masculine, the more vital and feminine you become, including within yourself, a man's feminine principle within himself and, and active principles, as well as masculine principles, the more vital you become, the more energetic, because the more you dis vitalize and become distinct in those things, the more energy can go between them. And that is some, that's another one of these little things that we've learned, so true. you know, that, that somehow the more vital you become as a man or a woman, the more it's going to take away your ability to, to be in relationship with the opposite sex. The exact opposite is true. Only if you accept the notion of a stereotyped model, yeah. is that true? Well, this is not a stereotype model. This is an energetic model. It's just a spiritual model. The spirit wants that. It wants to be vivified. It loves the energy of that exchange. And that can't happen if you water everything down. It only happens if you vivify, vitalize things up. Yeah. And then exchange it. And that's where the joy comes in. So slightly changing tack, right. were you scared to release this book or is any part of you, did you go through anything as you were about to release it or when you released it? Was there yeah. anything that came up for you about standing, having your name attached to this? I don't think so much that. I mean, because I, I, I like the engagement. Yeah, bring it on. If you hate it, you're the, an extrovert. The, the thing, yes, yes. The thing that scares me is invisibility. Is it no one gives a, no one gives a heck about this. Right. You know, and I, I've, I've gone through the <laughs> soul on that with, with my wife, Regina, you know, and she's like, be patient, Zeus, this is not in your number one, <laughs> you know, not your one, number one attribute, you know, but, you know, um, and I think what I realized is not only she's right about the patience, but also that even when you're patient, you should be attuned to the subtle movements. If you have even one person say yes, or you create a video and you get some positive response here, that, you know, even the best, biggest bands like you too, I think they started with nine people watching the first time. You just got to realize that even if you have an amazing talent, Santana apparently was so bad a guitar player that he could only play in his uncle bar in San Francisco. That's what I heard on one of the tours. He's one of the most amazing guitar players in the world, right? But it, you don't necessarily, the way you start is not going to be necessarily the indicator of it. So I was, I was like, okay, this is going to be, it's right in the middle of the Me Too movement. The timing is perfect on it. But it turns out women are more concerned with women's issues and men are still trying to do their men's retreats. So this book is kind of falling between the cracks a little bit. 
And I said, okay, all right, I'm gonna listen to you, I'm gonna listen to Regina, and realize that it, it may take some time, but this is, this is important, and there's gonna be a lot of room and a lot of need for it. So, um, so that's making me feel a lot better. I love what you bring up because I have worked with so many creators, creatives over the years and reassured them about the fact that they have 20 views on their video or they sold 20 books. And mm -hmm. the truth is that's 20 people. You know, it's right. like we, we're so seduced by big numbers mm -hmm. in our age right now. And especially on the internet, people are like, oh, I didn't get any viewers. Right. Num number one, you know, work takes time. It does. And there are so many countless stories, in fact, of like albums or books that take time to get out there. And one example for me is The Four Agreements. Um, I handed, I bought copies of that book for people over 20 years ago when it first came out. I loved the book. Right. No one had heard of it. Right. And now I constantly see it on the charts in Amazon and that's 20 years later. And so um, I love that you bring up that part of our own brains right. that would try and stop, think that we haven't succeeded because we measure it by societal and timeline standards right. that aren't actually necessarily true of some of these things that we create. It's true. I think it's going to help us a lot when we have support around quality or qualitative versus just quantity. Yeah. Right now, there's an overemphasis on likes, on followers. All these things are quantitative indicators. They're, they don't tend to be very deep. Once we begin to develop, especially between ourselves in these communities, a real respect and a real appreciation of quality, then I think it's going to help even things out a little bit. But in the creative process, I think you can feel the quality of what you've done, but you always want to still be somewhat affirmed in that. And so this, and we, we actually traveled to Patreon, and one of the greatest things at their headquarters, they had a kind of orientation. One of the greatest things that Regina and I found there was this all this shared creative energy. Mm. And it was so nice. People making little hand puppets or little sock puppets and animations. And it was just really amazing to see all this talent here and get people's numbers and say, maybe I could support you or hire you. But it wasn't so much that, it was just sharing that creative energy and really in being in a group of people that respect quality and qualitative and creative energy as a, a real thing, as the real so-called payoff. Now, of course, there's the practical understanding of, A, I've got to make a living too. But what we begin to define is as, as you, I mean, most of these people have day jobs, right? Yeah. But their passion is beginning to create these things. And I think that that's where we're moving. You know, I, we all have our day jobs, but we commit to something more spiritually confident, more creative, that 20 books, means a lot because it's deep. It's not just about breadth. It's about really contributing in the spiritual and spiritually confident way that's going to affect and ripple out into the world. We talk about the butterfly effect all the time, mm. you know? And yet in our own lives, <laughs> because it's very hard to see the effect of that butterfly, you know, halfway around the world or all the sequence of events it might've influenced, especially if you're a teacher and a lot of times your students just go off, that actually if you, Go inside yourself and you have this gift and maybe we could all learn from you to develop a little more. Go inside yourself and say, is this book, is the energy and intention of this book going out there? And, and usually the answer that comes back is yes. Mm. Okay, and then you just say yes. Yes to that yes. And, and, and allow it to have its, realize that it's gonna be part of this growing mass of joy, this growing mass of creativity that's gonna to continue to gain momentum. 
And that, that kind of imagination helps. It does help me. It helps with my patient's problem. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm smiling listening to you because I don't know if this got picked up on the audio, but we heard this enormous siren outside when you, when you were just saying what you were saying, which yeah. to me is always the universe saying hallelujah to something yeah. that's been said. Because <laughs> I, 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 I so feel and know the truth of it. And, yeah. and I also know the truth of the human mind when the human mind shows up in my life and right. wants to tell me some old story and I have to kind of go, oh, hang on, that mm -hmm. doesn't feel dissonant because we're all healing ourselves through that. Sure. I also think the internet is so new. Mm -hmm. We're still so new to this massive telepathic form of communication that we didn't have 25 years ago. And right. really it's been the last 15 years that things have ramped up. So I think all of us are getting used to the kind of stimulation of that. But what I'm happy about is we're doing things and what you have created here, what would your platform have been 20, 25 years ago? So now it allows mm -hmm. work like the Spiritually Confident Man to have many different mediums um, and I also, just for you personally, what I feel mm -hmm. is I don't think you would have wanted this book to boom out of the gate because then you wouldn't have had the challenge of everything that you're going to build around it. I, you like a challenge. I do. I like a challenge <laughs> and developmentally it makes sense. Yeah. It, it really makes sense. It really helped to get things together. And as I step back, it's very much like the example you shared in our interview about helping that one young woman who had been in a coma. You know, I, my initial response to the initial reception of this book was very much like my response to that woman. Oh, you know, I put all this into that and, I, and now I'm not needed anymore. And yet I've, I've done something that was the exact epitome of what I'm supposed to be doing, providing independence, providing the ability for this person to go forward confidently. And that, the, the, the kind of energy and the, and the recognition comes a little bit later, but there is still that joy recognizing that it's happening. Yeah. And that requires a little bit of faith. I'm learning to develop that faith. <laughs> you know, I sometimes forget, but um, even just some of the little things that have happened already show me that yes, this is gonna travel. Yes, this is inviting me into deeper forms of engagement, workshops, videos, other kinds of things that are really gonna, that, 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 that it was actually a kind of mercy, right? That this book is not like, huge yes right that i can actually develop that's, that's, the real things that are really going to help people um, from the ground up around yeah. it yeah rather than boom you're out yeah. there and now you're you know yeah. whatever so I, I i agree with you i think yeah. that your your take on it is correct and I'm, I'm glad you're saying that i'm sure that my wife regina is glad that you're saying because she's had to pick me up the floor a, a little bit sometime like oh i wish it was selling more and this and that but what you're saying is true i know it to be true and it's spiritually confident too. But I love that you bring that up about your spouse because uh, I joke with my husband, Stephen, all the time mm -hmm. that we will both hear something from someone else right. and the other one will go, I told you that three weeks yeah. ago. <laughs> like, what is it about us that, you know, it's like, oh, did you? I, oh, right. It's only the person it, you I love the most and devote yourself, but somehow, you know, they're, they're exactly. yeah, exactly. it's so funny. It is, that's so true, isn't it? Well, the truth with anything that we do, and this is what the Zs say, mm -hmm. my guides, they talk about, um, it doesn't matter the scale. Uh, right. So, it, you, you know, you don't have to be Oprah. Right. Uh, you can be the grandmother who influences one child or the right. grandfather who influences one child. Or you can be someone like Oprah whose role is, you know, multi-millions around the world. So, touching one life is why we do it. This book 
touched mine mm -hmm. in the short time that I've been with it, and this conversation happened because you made this. So thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> and thank you for what I know and just feel intuitively you're going to do over the next decade around this work, because mm -hmm. as a man who has struggled with male identity issues and mm -hmm. also being a spiritual man, but not necessarily always knowing what the intersection of the male identity and the spiritual male is, mm -hmm. I love that you're doing work around this and I know other people will too. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Lee. Thanks for being here, Zeus. Okay. And The Spiritually Confident Man is available at Amazon, and you can find Zeus at his amazingly titled website, which is askdrzeus.com. Yes, you heard me right, but it's Dr. Zeus. And by the way, I will just say that I love that you have such a male archetypal name. <laughs> it's kind of perfect that yeah. someone called Zeus would write this book. Yes. So, so yeah, askdrzeus.com is where you can find more from Zeus. Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Lee. You have been listening to Impact the World. For more of my work, please visit leeharrisenergy.com.